Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence and your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online at forecastsalon.com. As this podcast goes to air, we have just moved through the first full moon of spring. There is so much magic in the air with this full moon, as well as the magic that comes in with Jupiter and Neptune conjuncting for the first time as they meet up in Pisces, their co-ruler, since 1856. Wow. So they were calling April 12th the Spirit Day because when these heavenly bodies join forces, miracles happen. They really do. Jupiter brings in that hope and that expansion and that joy. While Neptune, Neptune brings in the dreams and kind of like the mystery of all life. So yes, when this conjunction happens, it is time to manifest miracles and bring them in. April is also a magical month for astrology because it is bookended by two powerful new moons, the later of which, April 30th, is the year's first solar eclipse, and the first one began April 1st, April Fool's Day, starting the month. And right smack in the middle of everything is the April pink full moon, which rises on April 16th, which really gives us that bright illumination for our path. And energetically, tuning into your spirit can help you bring this magic forward, knowing what your seeds of intentions are, knowing what your focus is, and focusing yet remaining open to the signs around you, being grounded yet flexible so that you can tap into the imaginal realm. Anything is possible radiate your light. That is the messages for this month and this podcast. Knowing your energy, your truth, your voice, your spirit is so valuable at this time. And that's where the rights come in to help you move through all this stuff. Rights being Reiki, intuition, tarot, EFT, and stones and crystals. Finding ways to tend to the struggles of your life with these tools can help add inspiration, amusement, and joy. It can free you from all the stress and anxiety going on in the world. All of these cosmic forces and energy alignments I talk about on my energy focus for the week, which you can find live on Sunday nights on Instagram and Facebook. We talk about what's going on. We align our energy, set intentions for the week, and I pull the tarot cards for guidance. As we move through these cosmic transitions, season to season, moon to moon, now is the time to clean up your energy with an energy clearing session. Schedule one in person or online. When you work with the energy body, it helps to release the old patterns and all that old stuff. Links will be in the show notes. When you start going within and connecting to your soul and your spirit, you will find your answers. 
If you're a strong, passionate person who's ready to take charge of your life and let go of the stories running around inside your head, let's talk. Let's talk about my Empowered Spirit private mentoring program. Warning, this work will change your life. It can seriously improve your body, mind, and spirit. Side effects, yes, you may see yourself or others as they really are. You may experience loss of excess baggage, resulting in major life changes. You may become the person you're really meant to be. My Empowered Spirit program can help you upgrade your spiritual path. You'll learn lots of energy tools, techniques, ways to center your energy, ways to raise your vibration, and especially ways to release the energy drains and limited beliefs that hold you back. Spring is a great time to jumpstart your spiritual practice. Schedule a spiritual upgrade breakthrough call with me, and let's talk about how this program can help you. In today's episode, I have back on the show, Cindy Dale. Oh my gosh, one of my favorite people to talk to, one of my favorite teachers, and if you've listened to the podcast, you know I probably mention her each and every podcast. She's so amazing. She has another book out. Advanced Chakra Healing, Four Pathways to Energetic Wellness and Transformation. Oh my gosh, what an amazing book. So much information, resources, charts, diagrams, mapping, so much that you can learn with this book. I highly recommend it, especially if you are a light worker or want to learn more about energy medicine. This will definitely become a textbook for life. We talk about so many things in this podcast. We talk about why people feel they can't control their own energy, how we're not taught about subtle energy, about 99.9% unseen forces, that if you want to stop the darkness, you must activate the light within you, the 12 chakra system, the fourth pathways and what each of these pathways are about, the creative approach that you can take with your own soul, spirit, health, and wellness, how you can talk to yourself, your spirit, and all the many ways that you can tap into the God spot, that connection that you have with source energy. What an amazing podcast. So much fun. Before we jump in, let's take a moment to pause, to breathe, and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale, bringing that breath all the way up the body. And exhale, sending that breath all the way down deep into the earth. Inhale, expanding that breath. Exhale, calling your energy in, beginning to slow down. Inhale, presence your spirit. Presencing my spirit and all those listening. Dropping into the heart. Connecting with the greater spirit, source, creator. Feel that connection deep into your heart. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved. 
As we create this space for this podcast today, we call in the masters, the teachers, the archangels, the crystal beings, calling in your own spirit guides. We ask that they work with us and through us to surround us and protect us as we open up to this work. Taking a moment, presencing your energy in this season of spring. As I teach in the teachings of the medicine wheel, we find ourselves in the direction of the east where the sun rises, where we find that new inspiration, we plant those new seeds of intentions, calling in to the east, the south, the west, and the north, above you, below you, right into the very center, right into the God spot. Set your intention for where you are. See that for you and notice those elevated emotions that come in. Allow those elevated emotions, the joy, the peace, the love, the abundance to radiate out from your heart. Setting that energy for you, taking another deep inhale and exhale. Grounding that energy as you bring your awareness back, coming back, blinking the eyes open. Cindy Dale is an internationally renowned author, speaker, healer, business consultant, and the author of nearly 30 books about energy, medicine, intuition, and spirituality. In addition, she has worked with over 70,000 clients and students and presented hundreds of seminars and workshops across the America in Russia, England, Wales, Amsterdam, Iceland, Costa Rica, Belize, Morocco, Peru, Scotland, and more. She's amazing. And she is my favorite teacher and healer, as well as those in Beijing, China, leading in-person and online classes. In addition, Cindy's helpful books, published in over 18 languages, reach many people worldwide and continue to enrich lives. She has so many great books. I will definitely put them in the notes. She's appeared in two upcoming documentaries. The first about healing and produced by Betsy Chasey, co-producer of The Runaway, What the Bleep Do We Know? And the second is The Science of Ink, produced by Carly Weldy. Previously, she appeared in Gabe Golden's documentary about modern-day energy medicine. Overall, she seeks to unify the world's most vital spiritual messages, encouraging understanding and community among all people. This reissue of her book, Advanced Chakra Healing, is Cindy's popular book, first printed 15 years ago. Arriving soon is a brand new book she's been working on, Energy Work for Everyday to Elite Athletes, which will be published in 2022, and the Subtle Body Oracle Card deck sounds true in 2022-23. Cindy graduated from the University of Minnesota, summa cum laude, with a degree in English and a minor in philosophy. She has also worked towards a master's degree in divinity at Bethel University and holds a fifth degree Reiki certificate, the highest of distinction in this healing arena. Cindy loves teaching. Gwyneth Paltrow's popular lifestyle website, Goop, referenced her as a sort of teacher of teachers. 
Yes, she is an admired teacher and offers in-depth classes via the Shift Network. She also leads a year-long apprenticeship program through her own company, Essential Energy, assisting individuals with developing their natural, intuitive, and healing gift. These courses add to the numerous ones she teaches locally and worldwide in energy medicine and spiritual healing. Her client sessions, which involve energy healing and holistic intuitive consulting, earn her referrals from many psychiatrists, medical doctors, and therapists. She continues to hone her ability to help people discover their essential selves so that they can make healthy and positive changes in their life. Cindy is trained in several different healing modalities. Her prestigious skills include shamanism, intuitive healing, energy healing, family of origin therapy, therapeutic touch, the Lakota way, and faith healing. In addition, Cindy has taught business ethics at the University of Minnesota, creating programs for students to affect change in public policy and corporate ethics. She served as a fundraiser at Junior Achievement, raising over $750,000 a year and has offered public relations consulting to companies including 3M, Hormel, and Tonka. She has also volunteered on several boards of directors and been honored in Who's Who in American Businesses, the American Woman of Noteworthy Achievement, and the International Association of Business. In addition, she has won several leadership awards. My, oh my, I am so honored to know Cindy, to be one of her students, and to have her back on the Empowered Spirit Show. So let's welcome Cindy to the show. Welcome, Cindy Dale. Thank you, Terry. I'm really happy to be here. I'm so excited to see what we're, where we're going to go today and what we're really going to talk about. Yes. Well, we're definitely talking about your new book, Advanced Chakra Healing, The Four Pathways to Energetic Wellness and Transformation. And my, oh my, what a book. Oh my gosh, 700 plus pages. Definitely a book that will stay on my shelf, earmarked <laughs> for many years. And you know, as I looked at it, it's like, oh my gosh, we were talking about this in our class. Oh my gosh, we learned about this. Now I have it all in textbook form and I love it. I really do. So how long did it take you to write it? Well, you know, the book actually has a very strange history. I, 18 years ago, was writing a sequel to my very first book. I was almost done with it. It was a chakra book, kind of a normal sort of chakra book, unlike this one, may I add. And I went to bed one night and heard a voice say, you have to throw away that manuscript. And I'm like, well, now I'm almost done with it. I've got my sequel. And the voice, which I recognize more as Jesus's voice, said, no, 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 there's a different book you're supposed to write. I was very hesitant, very unhappy, had a lot of angst. So I said, well, then you're going to have to help me write it. <laughs> and, and that is the book that emerged about 16 years ago. So over those two years, I wrote this Four Pathways book. Now, the other, you know, kind of step two, stage two of the story is that the publisher put it out and then that publisher basically died. So the book was killed. So oh, Advanced wow. Chakra Healing, as it is now, spent years and years and years not really in existence, except for a few copies, which were kind of like, you know, indie cult kind of classics that sold on Amazon for $150, $200 a copy. So I resurrected the book a couple of years ago, spent a few more months at it, added 300 extra pages. As you can tell, now it is a very, very big book. It was big before, now it's hefty. And this is what emerged. So it's a system I've been working with you know, for years and years and years. But I do think, as I'm sure you found this, Terry, also, that everything's timing. And this is a better timing for this process. And so hence, 
the book has been birthed again. That's awesome. What a story. Yeah. And to have the faith and trust to say, okay, I'll put it aside (laughs) and then to bring it out now. And I agree. I think right now is an awesome time to bring this out. I think more people are open to working in this kind of work, the spiritual work, the energy work, the subtle body, energy medicine, however you choose to look at it. And, you know, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, you know what, though, there still are a lot of people that feel like they can't really control their own energy. Why do you think people think that? Well, because they don't really know that 99.999% of all energy in a person, an object, an animal, a tree is subtle. And so when are we trained to work with subtle energy (laughs) as we're growing up. You know, it's not in the classroom. We might do a little bit of theoretical physics or physical science. I hated physical science. You know, you're measuring things and chemistry evaded me or avoided me, you know, whatever the right (laughs) term is, right? So (laughs) we're not, we're not trained. Most of the time when we're growing up and we know something that we can't prove, we're told we're making it up. So it takes some practice to you know, kind of operate that 99.999% of us that is subtle or invisible energy. That's why we want to learn about, you know, energy bodies like the chakras through which we command and direct our internal energy or the auric fields, which are around us. And most of us have heard of auric fields. We just don't know their extensions of us. And we can interact with our own auric fields or decide what of others people's energies we want to let in or keep out. So we just haven't been trained and it doesn't really take that much education to really start to say, hey, it's my energy. I can decide what to do with it, what to let in and what not to let in. Yeah, I so agree. And I guess because it's at 99.9%, we don't see people afraid of what they can't see. And so fear seems to be the thing that blocks them so much. My work is really kind of like helping people create that foundation. Now, I do have people that go on a little bit advanced with me, but really it's that foundation, the beginning work coming in, the beginning Reiki and just starting to really kind of understand. But I will say a lot of times I've met with so much resistance. I'm afraid to do it. I'm afraid something bad's going to happen if I start training. And so it's breaking that mindset. I think that's really important. I think so. And I think a lot of times people are afraid they're going to find out bad things about themselves, too. I mean, the core issue I have found in everybody, including myself, you can summarize it any way you want, but it's really about worthiness. I mean, am I good enough? Am I enough? Uh, Do I deserve? And that that sense of lack of worthiness that I don't know if we're born with it, if it's a childhood sort of situation, if we carry it in, you know, perhaps from other places and time periods, but almost everybody has that little bit of a niggling self-doubt, like, well, maybe I'm not really a good person. Maybe I don't deserve to be happy and loving. Well, remember what I did when I was in second grade or, or remember those bad thoughts that I had just last night or whatever it is. So I think we're scared that if we open up and seize our powers, use our powers, maybe we're going to misuse them or again, find out that there's not good selves inside. Yeah. And that's just judgment, right? Yeah. It is judgment. Yeah. It is judgment. And sometimes the judgment is because maybe we really do 
feel bad about ourselves. And sometimes the judgment, and this has been said before, Nelson Mandela, uh, Marianne Williamson, nobody really knows who said it. We're really afraid of our own power. We're afraid of our own goodness. We're afraid of taking our space, seizing authority, you know, and working with the self who we really are, shining our light. We're scared of shining our light. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think because it's invisible, people don't want to trust it. And because they haven't been trained, you know, and I know once I started training, going back to my 40s, that's really when I started training, going through a major crisis and didn't know who to turn to, finally found a teacher, like everything started to shift for me. And I try to think back, like, why was it I trusted it so easily? Because I just did. I just like took it and I did. But not everybody does. You know, there are people that do have a lot of doubt. But I think like when you break it down, as you do for us in all of your work, not just this book, but in all of your work, you break it down and it makes it so much easier and so much more accessible to each and every one. And I think that's important for people to hear. You don't have to be gifted or special or born with generational energies of grandmothers, whatever you can. And that's great. But as you teach us, like we can become that master to our energy. And I think that's just so needed right now for everybody to hear. I really do. Yeah. It is. Well, and I think most of us would agree that there does seem to be a lot of blight upon the land, a lot of darkness that's rising, however you define that. When the darkness rises so much, you know, is so much, you know, kind of everywhere, so must the light. And ultimately, we need to take a stand and make a decision. If we want to stop darkness, if we don't want to participate in it, then we have to activate the light that we are. And that includes learning about energy, learning about our own energy, learning about our energetic giftedness and exercising it. Yeah, I love that right there, right there. We have to take a stand and activate the light within us and learn how to do it because it's skills and we can learn. And the thing I love so much is some of it's so much fun, <laughs> right? It's like fun. when you're playing in the world. Yeah, it's like well, it's fun in the and it's easy, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know how long we've all been walking around, you know, with masks, without masks. But I noticed, you know, during the masked times, I could still get a sense of other people. We naturally, instinctively read other people's energies. You know, people can look at our eyes. They can just be around us. They can feel into us and get a sense. Are we happy or sad or are we approachable and trustworthy or not? We're reading energy all the time. And so are other people. We might as well know how to do it and what to do with the conclusions. We might as well know how. I agree. I agree. Because especially like if you're empathic and your energy is wide open and you don't train, then you don't know what's your energy, my energy, you're bringing it all in and then it just gets bigger and bigger. It is hard. So training and knowing what your energy is, how you process your energy, I think it's so important. I really do. Now, one of the things that I have taken on from you learning is the 12 chakra system. I know most of us are trained for either yoga or even like Reiki teaching the seven chakra systems. Talk a little bit about that and how you have expanded that or how you adapted that or how you came about it. <laughs> right, where it came from, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's certainly acceptable for anybody to only work with the seven in the body spinal chakras. Those are a part of the 12 chakra system. But I was really psychic as a kid. I saw energy colors around people. I saw fields and I saw balls of energy. And 
after I started training when I was in my 20s, you know, learning about chakras and energy and healing and in America and other countries as well. And I was, you know, kind of told the label chakras. I was like, well, how come when I was a kid, I saw those seven chakras everybody talked about, but I saw five additional orbs or balls of light around everybody. So first I thought, was I making it up? And I'm like, I wouldn't be making that up for decades. <laughs> right. And a white wonder bread Lutheran, you know, Norwegian family, <laughs> we didn't use the word chakras. So nobody I was programming that. me. So when I wrote my first book, I really focused it on certainly the seven in-body chakras, which I did perceive as a child, but also the additional five. And you know, in the West, one of the reasons we say there are seven is that Sir Arthur Avalon, John Woodrow, two names, same person, wrote a book about serpent power, the chakras back in the 1920s. And he said, well, he actually said there are six chakras. He never said seven, but he did add, you know, the one on the top of the head. But there's a paragraph in there, his book took off, that also says there are many chakra systems. Even in India, there are many, many chakra systems. So I think our perception of how many chakras is probably based on what we're taught, what our culture teaches, and our awareness. So I love the 12 chakras. I think you probably do too, because it affords us more access to different parts of ourselves, more soul embodiment, and a greater understanding of our gifts and our powers too. Yeah, I agree. And I think through some of the teachings I've learned prior to studying with you, like I knew there was like an earth chakra, soul chakra. I knew there was, you know, I knew it, but I didn't really have enough information. So I kind of felt like I was making it up, but I like that now you include this and it, it just makes so much more sense to me. And I really have added it in. And then I know for myself, like I'll start with Reiki one, I'll start with the seven, but if you come back to Reiki two, then I start advancing it at all because Reiki is not just the study of chakras, but I do find that learning it and having that foundation can allow you to go and learn other modalities as well. When I studied pranic healing, it was a little bit different. I think they talk about an 11 chakra system, right? It was a little bit different. So I think that openness is, is really a good thing to have, but I do love the way in which you present it and the way that you describe it. To me, it makes a lot of sense. If you can call energy work sense, <laughs> we're using different ways, right? For sure. Well, you and I would call it logical. Right. <laughs> right. So it just depends on where you sit in the world. <laughs> Definitely. I, I agree with that for sure. I love that. Yeah. So now your book goes into talking about the four pathways to wellness. Talk a little bit about that and what those four pathways are. Yeah. So this is really what makes the book kind of different versus other chakra books. So it certainly has lots of data about chakras and, you know, how to work with chakras and energy fields, et cetera. But in that, you know, dream visitation I had 18 years ago, when I believe Jesus showed up and said, no, your book's going to be about this. The, this was for pathways or layers of reality. So 
the presentation is that we coexist in four levels or layers of reality simultaneously. And it's really important to know that because if we're stuck in one layer or pathway, there's probably something we could be doing in another pathway to get unstuck. You know, if we know that we have gifts and we can't access them on one level, hey, just come at it a different way, you know, put on different eyeglasses and look at ourselves or the worlds, you know, with those different lenses. And wow, everything opens up in a different way and we can progress. We can shine. We can activate. We can awaken in a different way. So, you know, we already know science has already told us that we coexist in 11 dimensions simultaneously. Well, that's a lot harder to learn than the four pathways. <laughs> I'll tell you that four is easier than 11. So I'd say go for the four. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. So tell us those four. All right. The most basic and primal pathway I call the elemental. This is the one that we recognize in our ordinary, everyday, awesome lives. So it's physical. It's what comprises physical reality. But it might surprise you because it's not just colors, shapes, uh, air, fire, water, stone. It's also feelings and thoughts and inherited memories that we got from our ancestors and, you know, kind of our food. So everything basic and fundamental is on that elemental pathway. And we're going to throw away around this 99%, you know, quote many, many times. 99.9999% of what most of us are doing to help ourselves or others change or heal or manifest is elemental, which is great. But I mean, come on, a lot of times it's not working, right? I'm feeling my feelings. I'm getting rid of other people's feelings. Why am I not kind of moving forward? So we might then want to so-called graduate. There's not a good versus bad pathway. But the next pathway, the power pathway is the, oh, it's the force pathway. And you know about this pathway. On this one, we're working with really big energies to make quick and easy changes. So we're working with forces that might be called generative or destructive or generative or growing creative forces. We work with virtues. We work with different kinds of spiritual energies. So suddenly we're asked to be masters and commanders of energies so we can take away what's not working and put in what would work. So once we move in and through that power pathway, and again, these aren't really in a certain order, we can do any of them or all of them or whatever, the imaginal pathway I love this pathway. It's the magical, mystical pathway. So when you read about what shamans are doing or the kind of acts that gurus are performing, it's usually on the imaginal pathway. This is sort of the quantum physics layer of reality where we're talking about different dimensions, different planes of existence, parts of us that maybe are trapped from a soul level in the past or parallel realities or working towards setting up the future. So this is the one where we're walking in different lanes and planes. I love this one because who doesn't like to have a nice journey, right? Into a parallel reality where there's a different Cindy doing something different, etc. The final one sort of in the presentation I usually do is the divine pathway. 
sometimes this is the hardest one for me to explain because we all know that we're divine. Even if our head doesn't, our heart does. So when we're affiliated with the divine pathway, we're being the spirit that we are. We're open to angels. We're allowing other people's or being spirits to help us. The main relationship is with creator, the greater spirit. It's not without its energy bodies or its particular ways of interacting, however. Here we can access what I call bowls of universal challenges. Like we all have to eventually deal with death and evil and judgment. So here we work through those really big time sort of universal question marks in order to graduate to live as the spirit that we already are. Yeah. Beautiful understanding there. Beautiful, beautiful description there. It really is. And I imagine too, it's not like black and white, like some of them can cross over a little bit, you know, and, and help us to really unify all of that for ourselves. They all cross over. So let's just say, let me give you an example. Let's say somebody has a tumor and they want to heal a tumor. So you start, maybe you start, or you've already been working on it on the elemental. You've done chemotherapy, you've done radiation, you've worked with your feelings, you've done a deep dive into trauma, you've looked at your genetics and ancestral belief systems that are carried forward. Maybe you've done hypnotherapy. There's a, you changed your diet. There's a lot to do on the elemental. The tumor's still there. <laughs> Maybe it's still growing, all right? What if you then open up the doorway into the power pathway? Well, on a very simplistic level, what you might find is there's a generative force on the tumor. Now, how did that get there? We don't know how, maybe it doesn't matter. There's a force, like a great big garden hose on that tumor growing it. Well, of course it's gonna keep growing. You, you can't shift that on the elemental. Maybe there's a degenerative force on your immune system. So it's just sort of lollygagging around and not of much use. So you move those forces. On the imaginal pathway, that's the mystical, magical one. You might go, oh, here's a tumor. You know, is this really from a past life? Is this a trauma carried in? You know, that time that I was gutted <laughs> and the tumor is where I was, you know, speared in a past life. Or am I scared of my future? Can I change the future? The divine pathways so beautiful. What we might do on the divine through that lens is go, for some reason, this tumor is here to meet a need. Maybe it's meeting an unconscious need of mine. Maybe it's playing out a family system need. Maybe it's somebody else's energy and it's helping to meet their needs. So we can just decide, I'm willing to shift how that need is met. And then maybe the tumor disappears because that need can be met in a way that doesn't include a tumor. So that's how these pathways can move together. Yeah, that's fascinating. And I sit here and relate because as you probably remember, I've been working with asthma probably since we met, right? And I had gotten yeah. it right after my mom passed and then it got worse yeah. and worse and worse. And then I got COVID and COVID kind of hit me in that same place. So my journey in this last month, especially because it got really bad. It got really bad. And I was trying not to have to take medicines. I was, didn't want to be on the inhaler. It was giving me cramps. And, and I, we all know this from my last podcast. I uh, don't like doctors. All right. Sorry, doctors out there. But I've had trauma in my life from it. And so I tend to only want to use, you know, everything but the, 
maybe that's the elemental path. No, but I do change my diet. So I do use part of that. So I do understand. And I know that this got me to thinking, you know, exactly what you're talking about from the classes that we've had, like, how else can I heal? How else can I find that? And I'll be honest, there was parts, there was days where I felt like I'm never going to heal. Why can't I heal? And I imagine people do have that question too. How would you answer that? It's, you know, that is so human and so real and down to earth. And because of course we all want to heal and we all have an idea of what that's going to feel like when accomplished and look like as well. And, you know, being human sometimes sucks (laughs) because, you know, we're here to work through certain issues and to gain wisdom. And so sometimes it's kind of like we go through one doorway and we go, oh, I understand there's a grief component about my mother dying in here, or there's a grief of what she wasn't able to be when I was growing up. And, oh, there's grief I have about a past life or, you know, there's light, you know, that I need to still activate and powers inside that need to turn on so I can move through the asthma. And then there's a virus, which appears differently on different pathways. So maybe there's a dark energy involved, or maybe there's kind of a need to open up a part of yourself, you know, the light within. So, you know, I just find that there's sort of this contract we've all signed that those really stuck issues promote the most growth. And so, I mean, we all know this. I hate that onion skin, peel the onion, because I don't think it always has to involve peeling the onion. But when something's really heavy duty and big, we are constantly healing it. We just don't get to experience that healthy feeling state after each stage of the healing. Hmm. So I've had issues like that myself. I had arrhythmia for several years, you know, a few 20, whatever years ago, 25 years ago or whatever it is. And I just kept at it. I changed my diet. Goodbye, caffeine, kind of goodbye, sugar. I can still get by with some goodbye, gluten, all the physical deep feelings. Um, And then I found that there was like a bond with my grandpa who had had the same issue at the same age. And I worked with that. Then I saw that there was a connection to a dark entity inherited through my mom's family. And I worked through that. I mean, it seemed to go on and on and on. Then there was a hormone component and I started progesterone. And finally, after a few years, I was like, you know, I'm good to go. That sure took a long time, but the path from the you know present looking backward was sure worth it. Well, that's good to hear that sometimes it can take longer than we want. Don't give up. I think that's important. Don't give and up. I will say that um, I am doing a 21 day challenge with some of my students, Radiating Light. And my focus for the 21 days was my health to really listen to some of the messages. And some of the messages that I got, one was about that whole idea of the degenerative forces. So I went back to my class notes that we had and I started saying, well, all right, let me start talking to my immune system. Let me start turning the cells around. So I actually do talk to my cells. That was one of the things I added in. That's been helping. I also had to say, okay, it's okay if I have to take some medicines like the inhaler that has a little steroid that's actually working. Okay, I have to calm down about it. I need to do it. I'm kind of one that doesn't want to take medicines. All right, important right now for me to understand that. And then I will say too that imaginal realm, like, 
being spring and being outside and like setting up little fairy gardens and talking to all the plants out there in my little corners where I have them and feeding them little things. You know what I mean? Like that has really lifted my spirit and it's really made me feel so much better. And even to the point of like, I can't wait to get up and go outside in the morning versus not feeling good, not wanting to get up and wanting to, you know, just kind of keep the covers over my head. So I think that's kind of my example of really what you're talking about and working in all those fields. Yeah. You're working on all the pathways. I mean, medicine can be important. There's a story about Gandhi from years and years ago where he only did spiritual sort of practices and what we these days would call holistic medicine. He did not like Western medicine, prescriptions, surgery, you know, whatever it is. Okay. Until his, his uh, appendix was inflamed. And he went to a good friend of his in the military and said, I would like you to connect me with a military surgeon. And his military friend said, but I didn't think you believed in surgery. He goes, now that I need surgery, I believe in it. (laughs) (laughs) So there's nothing wrong with taking prescription meds because we're biochemical, right? You know, or taking surgery. If I had a breast lump, I would just get it taken out. I'm not going to want to sit there and hyper meditate for years and years and years on end. I mean, come on, let's just cut the thing out. Um, So I think it's always about what's, what's going to work, what's effective, what we're called to do, experimenting and holding all of these pathways and methodologies, you know, as positive and in the light and letting our intuition help guide us as we're making decisions about what to do. Like I love the fairy gardens. Of course you feel better because there's fairies around you now. Yeah, no, I do. And really embracing that. And I think that, you know, Tanya D shout out to her when she was talking about it in her class. And I was like, I went out that day and said, okay, I'm going to start giving them offerings like little bee pollen, like, right. And so that has then just kept going and going and going. And you know, with this new energy of spring coming in and then this new challenge that I'm working with my students on, it's like, yeah, let's, let's just take this even further, put my health focus first, like really put that there and get those messages. And one of the ones I kept saying, like I kept hearing degenerative, degenerative, what is that about? So what explain, explain that Lucy. So if you could explain that. (laughs) Exactly. So this is one of my favorite concepts and realities. And I will play Lucy and everybody owes me a nickel, you know, kind of (laughs) while I'm doing this too. All right. So like for just a minute, let's all cancel out what we're seeing in our world and our, you know, where we're sitting in our chairs or laying on our couch or whatever it is. And just imagine we're only on the power pathway, which I sort of envision or experience as this big blank spot where you can call what you need to you, big energies, big, you know, kind of primal garden hoses that move things. And in that pathway, there are generative forces. Those are the ones that grow. Now they're in the real world. They're everywhere in the world, right? So, you know, when a child is growing up, there's lots of generative forces, you know, helping their cells and kind of motivating them and moving them and pushing them to, to, to get up and, you know, kind of crawl from a sitting position and, and walking and then running from crawling position. So generated, you know, it means creative, but Equally important are degenerative forces, which reduce. So tree falls in the forest, right? We need degenerative forces breaking that tree down because in turn, that will generate more life. So 
that tree has to decompose, right? You know, and we need to do that in our lives. We want a tumor to degenerate, not to generate. We want negative thoughts to degenerate, to reduce. So if we're angry, it's great to get angry short term. You don't want to keep generating more anger. You want to degenerate it and move through the anger so you get the message out of it so you can move forward with your life. So we're talking about the equivalent of, of reducing. I mean, honestly, if you're, and you can even think of it complicated. So if you don't have enough money, you want to degenerate your negative money issues right? So you can do a tongue twister, a head twister on all of this. Um, I usually don't sit and try to figure all that out. I just go spirit, my spirit, greater spirit, spirit allies, just move those darn forces around. So I have them in the right place. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I agree. And it has taken me a while, but I think it's reassuring to hear that sometimes there are bigger issues underlying. And if I was to be really honest, I look at, okay, I came out of losing both parents. We went right into COVID. We went right into being isolated. My business suffered. So there were, (laughs) there were a lot of forces. So it's like, okay, just like relax and chill and know that this healing will be a bigger picture in the end. And it will, and it already has, I will say, because yeah, it felt like a dark night of the soul this winter. It did. But here I am coming out of spring feeling like, okay, I do know more about who I am. I do know more about my purpose and I am getting a grip on my health, which I can really only say in these last couple of weeks that it's finally starting to turn around. Yeah. I think almost all of us can relate to that dark night of the soul, whether we were mainly impacted by, uh, you know, for maybe even years for some of us, you know, emotionally, psychologically, financially, our physical health, spiritual question marks, or all of it. it we don't pass through this life without, without having at least <laughs> one period. <laughs> or more. It feels dark. Exactly. And I said at least one. I've had a couple, maybe three. Yeah, definitely. I, I've had a couple myself just now recently, like I said, and the good thing is coming out of it and knowing what you have learned. And I think that's the bigger part of who I am right now. I've always been one seeking more and wanting to grow. And yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm out of the dark night of the soul and I feel like I'm coming out of the health issue. So yay, that's definitely a win for sure. And I think all of this that you're describing right now, working on all these pathways is really valuable. And, you know, learning about your own ability to heal, learning about your own ability to master your energy, I think is what we all need right now. And it is a big path. It is a big growing and a learning opportunity for all of us. It really is. So how does one start with this? Like, what do you suggest? They start with one pathway or how how do you, how do you start? I would just choose one and play on it. Okay. (laughs) Right. You know, so maybe take a month or two weeks or something like that and just say, I'm mainly going to engage on the power pathway. You don't have to pick the elemental. Frankly, we're all already very well engaged on the elemental pathway. So I would start on another one and say, what would happen if every morning, you know, I engage spirit, my own spirit, 
spirit allies, greater spirit. And I just asked for today that those generative and degenerative forces, a couple of them get switched around and they're in the right place. There's other types of energies on that pathway that you can learn about. There's virtues, spiritual qualities, rays of light. I mean, it's a rich, rich atmosphere. So you may say, you know, I'm going to just, without even knowing very much about all this, you can say, I'm going to stream happiness through my heart today. I'm just going to, that's a virtue. So is love, faith, truth, hope, healing, harmony, you know, et cetera. I'm just going to imagine that streaming from the backside to the front side just for today is harmony or healing or happiness or whatever. So I've learned just enough about a pathway that you can practice with it without being overwhelmed by details. So spend a little time on a pathway before you move to another one. And even if you get that, my book, Advanced Chakra Healing to do it, you don't need to read through the whole book. You know, just go, I just want to know power pathway. Go there, learn a couple things, play with them. You just want to do the divinity, go to that chapter and just go, oh, I'm going to turn my first chakra in the hips. It's about foundation, money, air, physical health. I want to turn it into a channel of light. So I'm going to face the challenge of that chakra. So you look that up and you work with that, which is evil, not a small thing. (laughs) But, you know, I like that approach of trusting your intuition and, and creating this the way kids do when they're kind of left to play in the sandbox. They go, now I'm going to build this. (gasps) Then I'm going to build this. So have some fun with it. Yeah, I agree. And your book has so many great things. I mean, between diagrams and pictures and how the chakras look and where they are and the charts, there's so many great things. And then you you do get into, I guess you call it energy mapping. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating too. And I have to say, I turned right to the one for asthma. Like, oh, how did I not see (laughs) this until right this moment before coming live Uh with you, right? Yeah, Uh yeah. Right, so- There are conditions, whether it be alcoholism, codependency, asthma, multiple sclerosis, chronic fatigue, that have certain energetic uh, patterns to them, right? And so you can approach, you can look at that book or just kind of work with your own intuition and say, okay, asthma on these different pathways tends to involve very certain patterns or imprints or issues. Make sense? And so maybe you can say on the elemental pathway, asthma involves the lungs. It's got a lot to do with grief. Uh, It has a lot to do with having an unhealthy connection, could be called a cord. Sometimes there's energy markers, whatever, right? You know, with somebody in 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 my life and I'm taking on their energy. It's not just that I'm dealing with my own energy. And so you can evolve your picture of a condition through all four pathways and work on a condition on each pathway as well. So it's kind of a really exciting way to journey through the pathways and help yourself if you have, you know, challenges. Now in my book, there's certain conditions. I only show you an elemental approach. I only show you a power approach. I only show you an imaginal approach, but some of them, I cover all of them. The idea is to get creative and to go, 
oh, you know, how can I approach what I'm struggling with in these different venues? Yeah, I think that's important to look at and looking at how you can take it one step at a time. I think it is. And not making it more complicated. I know it's like you could look at this whole book, go, what? I don't know. But it's like, no, just like you said, like one step at a time, go through one of the pathways. I totally agree with that. And I think that can help you break it down a little bit. And then the bigger part too is noticing, noticing how it makes the shifts, noticing what changes do come forward. And sometimes that's just really getting really quiet and really being present. And I know most of us speed around. I know I do too. And actually one of the things that came forward from this for me is that I could, I can breathe deep. I can do pranayama breathing and I've been doing a lot of that to keep it open. So I don't really have trouble breathing, but it's all that rushing around that gets into that sympathetic breathing that's where I run into trouble. So what does that mean? Slow down. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of data out there right now about what's called the polyvagal system. Our vagus nerve, you know, goes from our head all the way through our systems and uh, is programmed. It's programmed by our family of origin. It's programmed socially. And it determines really how often we're going to be in sympathetic nervous system, which is excitatory and completely stressed out versus kind of calm back down into parasympathetic and just smell the roses, let them be, you know, et cetera. So we're all oriented way too much toward that movement and doing and figuring it out. And, you know, Einstein, you know, he would take naps. He would go, I can't solve this. I'm just going to take a nap and then I'm going to get the answer. So I, I don't really nap, but I do let problems go. I mean, I'm good at taking them back on too, but I'm like, oh, I'm like a sign. Let me know. Let me turn this over. Give me a, give me, you know, a, I want a dream or a sign or a billboard that's going to kind of instruct me. So the more often we can do that turning over or letting go and letting God, the calmer we're going to be and the more answers we're actually going to get. Yeah, I agree with that. And I do know that I do tend to rush around. And so it does. We all do. Yeah, it's helped me to slow down and just really kind of presence. And I found myself realizing too, that I was receiving more messages by slowing down. So I think that, you know, within what I'm going through, there are some messages and things that can come forward for the way that I want to now go forward in my own life and really just kind of approach this work, I think is really kind of what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, especially in the West, right? We're so hyper doing. I mean, I mean, I'm a list maker. Every morning I make my list or I make it the night before so that I can fall asleep at night knowing I have my list for the next day. But you know what I've learned to do is I put on the list, take a walk, run the dogs, make that shrimp with the avocado. I put stuff on the, watch the end of that show. I put stuff on the list so that my, you know, monkey brain gets tricked into relaxing. So there's many ways to help ourselves. Yeah. I'd love that. My daughter's a huge list maker and I'm a creative. So she's always trying to organize me or I'm always asking her to organize me, but she talks about that too, making the list and putting stuff on that, you know, you're going to check off and you know, you're going to feel good. And she uses the colors and yeah, it makes you feel accomplished at the end of the day. So I love that putting those extra things on your list to make you slow down. And I know for me, it is, it is becoming a valuable tool for me to slow down even more. I know I talk about it and I do it for meditation. I do it for yoga, but in my everyday running around, you know, and some of what I talk about too, going back to the pathways is 
My father had this problem with breathing. He was on a nebulizer at the end. I joke all the time. I'm just like my dad, always running around. I'm always just on time. You know, I'm never early. And it's one more thing, one more thing. And so it's like, yeah, like even breaking some of that pattern for me and letting this go. And I've even been talking to my dad, like, okay, dad, I can breathe. I'm fine, dad. Let it go, dad. I'm doing great. You know, and it may seem silly, but it actually has been shifting this around. You've made such great points here. Talk to yourselves, talk to your parents, even if you can't get them on the phone because they're deceased or you're not talking to them. I mean, that's subtle energy. Subtle energy is about the communication psychically, you know, intuitively. So all of that matters. All of that works. I know lately, almost every night I've had a dream uh, featuring my mother. She's been dead for about two or so years. And I know that I um, have a great relationship with her, especially now that she's deceased. And she's showing up, helping me heal deeper issues that I got from her, that she got from her mother. And so now she's actively pointing out, you know, Cindy, this is what broke my heart. Here's a piece of your heart that's broken. So, mm. you know, in the subtle realms, we're all, all of this is real. Most of reality is not what we point to. Most of the colors are not the ones we're seeing with our eyes. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I think that's so important. Talk to the cells, talk to, talk to the energy. It really is call it in because we are the ones that is responsible for our own energy, our own healing. And now there's so many modalities are talking about, and I've had several people on the show talking about generational energies, you know, ancestral energies, and, you know, even the work I do in the Akashic records, it's, it's all related and it does make us who we are. And you know what the beautiful thing is, is I see the differences through my children, especially my daughter and that women energy that she represents. Now I see those patterns breaking that, you know, like I was a part of helping to move some of that energy, but now I see it coming to life. And so that's just a beautiful thing to witness too. Yeah. It's real. My uh, baseball playing son, he's in his early twenties. I was helping him with like a back issue that did disappear when we worked on it. But part of it disappearing is he looked at me and he goes, now I'm giving you your anxiety back that I picked up on preconception. He goes, you don't give that. I mean, I wasn't consciously giving that to him, but he was like, mom, keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's Which, funny. Again, set me off with this like inheritance from my mother and her mother and et cetera. So, uh, I mean, you know, we're all in it together. We're all in it together. Whatever we heal, other people are then invited to get to a different, deeper level of healing too. Yeah, I agree. And my sisters and I joked too about my mother because she was very nervous and she always twisted her hands and she got very fear. I actually feel like when she left, I took on a lot of that fear. Like, mom, why are you so afraid of life? And then all of a sudden she was gone. Both parents were gone. So that's been some of the healing I've been doing too. Like stop with being so fearful of your life now. You know, I used to ask her that. And now it's like, oh, am I repeating this? <laughs> yeah, they leave and everything that they leave in the drain pipe just comes into us or gets turned on. So you know what? We don't want to keep sending it downhill. So we heal it. We deal with it. We approach it. We love it. We love it into transformation. I agree. We love it into transformation. We honor it. Yeah. We don't stuff it down. I agree. You know, and so often we're taught like, oh, just it happened last time. It happened way long ago. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But the awareness helps us to heal. It does. It does matter. It does. Yeah, it does. for sure. Yeah. 
So, so many amazing things covered in this book, just like this conversation. It has been awesome. The diagrams, the charts. And again, it's not a book that you think you have to read cover to cover. It's like make notes, get your stickies out. I will tell you that because you will be making notes. I'm not really one to write in a book. So get the stickies out. A lot of exercises, a lot of things to follow it really is. You've just done a phenomenal job with this. And for all my listeners out there that are in the energy field or energy healers, this is definitely the book for you. It is. It will last you a really long time. So much to learn, so much to appreciate. So where can people find the book? Where's the best place to send them? Oh, you know, it's always in Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Order it from an indie bookstore. I really like supporting local bookstores if you're able to do that. That's terrific. Yeah. So here in Birmingham, that would be Ritual Shelter. Yay. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So what's going on for you? What classes are coming up that our listeners can join in on? Oh, I have a terrific class through the Shift Network, and I know you're taking it. I am. Yeah, it's a seven-part class about the divine pathway. Oh my gosh, we're going to do microbes, healing the neurological system, visiting different dimensions. So I, we're going to have a blast. And in August of 22, I'm going to teach a one-year energy healing certification program through Shift Network based on the Advanced Chakra book. Excellent. So that's going to be deep, rich you know, wild, we're going to do self-healing the first six months and then do practitioner, furthermore, uh, practitioner training the second six months. Oh, wow. That sounds so exciting. Yeah. And how did we not even mention the God spot through this whole conversation? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, but we this didn't. is my favorite. It's my favorite place. So we're going to leave people with that, right? God spot, center of the heart chakra, center of the chest, just entertain the idea that your own spirit dwells, you know, very richly and beautifully in that God spot everywhere else too, but it's the easiest place to access it. There's also an indwelling of the greater spirit in there and a cell C-E-L-L -L, from God also in that spot. Now, when you really engage with that or entertain that thought. What that means is when you're making a shift, when you're asking for something, when you're you know changing your diet, whatever it might be, you actually have a piece of God's body, just unique to you inside of you. So change can occur subatomically on the cellular level, uh, emotionally, right? Psychologically, spiritually at absolutely every level, because you have that little tiny piece of God also inside of you, this physical, that idea, that knowing has just changed my whole sense of energy healing. It's not so much conceptual. It's not just about moving colors around or shapes. It's like the, the, the transformation occurs on that cellular level also. So empowering for the spirit. It so is empowering. empowering for the spirit. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Which was my question to ask you, but you answered that. It is so empowering. <laughs> and I do believe that as I learned that in your class last year, it is what helped guide me through that dark night of the soul. Just yeah. constantly coming back to that part within me. I didn't understand. I didn't know why. Crying on the floor many nights, but tuning into the God spot and letting yeah. that God spot just keep opening, keep opening. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And keep expanding from there and then go back to it to ask our questions. You know, what should I make for dinner? It, it's a beautiful place to, you know, sort of glow and shimmer and get your own answers for yourself too. Yeah. 
How can I heal? What's the next exactly. step? How can I take this Everything. out into the world? Everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you, Carrie Ann. You're beautiful. Your work is beautiful. Uh, what an awesome experience to engage with you again. I love talking to you. Well, thank you. What an awesome experience for myself. I always feel like I get a little piece of Cindy by myself <laughs> until the air. So I'm very excited about that. And I do look forward to the Shift Network class once again. Thank you so much. Thank you. To your spirit. Yes. So much was covered in this podcast. Her book is just truly amazing. You can learn something every time you flip it open. It is so important to shine your light, to learn about your own energy so that you can stop the darkness. Like she says, if you want to stop the darkness, you must activate the light within you. Find that God spot energy inside your heart as you connect with the greater source. Pick one pathway, have fun, be curious, experiment, notice what you notice, such powerful healing such a great book. Check out her work. Join us in the Shift Network. I can't say enough about how much I have learned from Cindy through taking her classes, following her online, and reading her books. If you like this podcast, please be sure to share it with someone else that may benefit from it and leave me a review on iTunes. Get Cindy's book, check out her work, and if you need help starting a spiritual practice, reach out. I would love to help you do that. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Terri Ann Hyman. To your spirit, namaste.